going to guess that because the window's on the opposite side. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. It's just <laughs> a very weird, like, it's almost like in the pattern that the fan blows. I feel like it's gotten worse since I cleaned it. It kind of like, has, actually. <laughs> yeah. The dust is sentient. Uh, sentient dust. It all we are is sentient dust in the wind. It follows us wherever we go. All in all, we're just another piece of sentient dust in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> Mix my songs. And that's an episode that you can go back and listen to <laughs> shortly before we moved. Sentient dust in the wind. So I was cleaning the dust as we were packing. <laughs> and now I'm piss poorly pouring my beer. Piss poorly pouring. Yeah, that is a lot of foam. It's good fucking alliteration, though. Welcome to the Nightmare Box. Welcome to the Nightmare <laughs> Box. Presenting mistakes were made. My name is Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the recently reborn Kristen Bloom. And he used the same intro of our bailed off fucking, we tried to do this yesterday. We'll get into why you're never going to hear that 12 minutes of audio. Yeah. And then we're going to bring you something a lot more positive than what happened yesterday. Oh, your itches, sorry. Uh, never mind. We're losing momentum right off the bat. Sorry. I thought I built it up and now it's all falling to shit. Nope, now she's got itchy ears. <laughs> Jax's itchy ears are contagious, apparently. <laughs> Jax gave me his itchy ears. Uh, yeah, so we attempted to record this yesterday and uh, in very short order had to abandon the podcast because yeah. turns out I was not ready to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're going to have uh, some sad, scary moments. We're going to talk about reactions to sad, scary moments. Yeah. We're gonna, so, so this might get sad. It might get uplifting. I'm not quite sure where we're going. Yeah, yet. forewarning, uh, probably a little bit more of a serious episode. I My hope is to turn it into uh, something moderately educational. Yeah. Kristen went through something mm -hmm. of a traumatic moment at the end of a beautiful float yesterday, yeah. and we tried to talk about it. I didn't realize how affected she was by it. Uh, we flamed out, burned, and deleted the audio. <laughs> and she um, took a nap while I cooked dinner, and then we sat here sad watching Ari Shafir's double negative. Uh, it was actually uh, better than I thought it would be. I'm not a Ari Shafir fan, and I I love it. Found man. both because uh, there's one about childhood and one about adulthood. adulthood mm -hmm. Both uh, specials surprisingly insightful. Yeah, no, he's a really interesting dude. He just does wild fucking shit. Yeah, but he always he just seems... like people hate him for the Kobe Bryant tweet, but like his debut album, I believe, is called Revenge for the Holocaust. Like he just <laughs> always seemed kind of like an insensitive prick to me. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, like both specials, I was like shockingly kind of. Well, it, was, it went to, is it seminary, the Jewish version, where they go back to Israel and study the Torah for fucking ever? Uh, I don't know. That's I what he know, was before about. he was a yeah. stand-up, was he was like a religious arts major. And, you know. I said that he had the curly yeah. sideburns. <laughs> yeah, actually, it was I, one of those. <laughs> I actually enjoyed both of those, yeah. even though I was in my sads. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, maybe Ari's not so bad after no, all. he's good. He's good for sad people. That's why I listen to him constantly. <laughs> Enough plugging Ari Shafir. Go listen to him. He's a lot more famous than I'll ever be. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Brett and I tried to uh, initiate ourselves uh, on a different level as Montanans. We've climbed the M. Um, Which is a mountain here in town that is right behind the local university. And I thought I was going to die while we did it, mm -hmm. and I will probably never do it again. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we, we haven't had a ton of time to really do a lot of stuff here in Montana just because... It was around this time of year last year when we got here, and it got cold pretty shortly after we got here. And then, like what it's trying to do right now. Yeah, it's <laughs> very 
I mean, like, pleasantly chilly, but very chilly day. Like, this is some, like, fall weather that yeah. I've never gotten to enjoy, so I'm kind of excited about it. I'm like, oh, I want to be, like, the basic pumpkin spice bitch. <laughs> and I don't even like pumpkin spice. Ooh, ow. My back hurts. <laughs> I can only do the one side. Oh, there we go. Um, so, yeah, we went floating. Do you know what the river was? I, I think remember. it was the better route, but I'm not 100% sure. It's the one that runs through town. But I... After a year being here, I'm not 100% sure yeah, what had, the name of that river is. I had no is. idea where we were. Like, <laughs> even when we were driving there, I was like, I have no clue what yeah. section of town Well, that's the one in. that runs through downtown. Gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> so we went floating in tubes um, yesterday, which were basically just giant inflatable tires. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it was not crazy warm yesterday. Nope. <laughs> It was, like, I think in the 60s mm-hmm. uh, whenever we got in the water, so the water was fucking freezing. Yeah. Um, it's a really pretty day, though. Mm-hmm. It was a nice, peaceful little float. Saw a bald eagle for the first time in my life. You've never seen one? No, not that close. I mean, he was, like, right up... He was fishing where we were floating. <laughs> yeah, maybe I haven't mm-hmm. either, actually. I was waiting on him to dive bomb because the fish were popping up all around us. I was like, we might get fucked up by the most American <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> It was really pretty, though. It was, like, a good two-hour float, at least. Yeah. Um, pretty much just all mountains and trees and stuff the whole way. We passed under a couple of different bridges that traffic was driving on, but other than that, just a very quiet, mm-hmm. beautiful day. And uh, after your body went numb to the coldness of the water, it really wasn't so bad. Yeah. It felt really good on my back, which I've blown out severely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not quite so fun when you hit the rougher waters, though, and it would splash up onto your dry legs. And I'd be yeah. like, oh, God, it's so cold. <laughs> um, yeah, super pretty day. I'm, I'm sure I was, uh, or all of us were probably annoying the shit out of you, though, because you were like, I just want a calm, quiet float. Yeah. And we're like, let's all band together and float <laughs> I pushed so group. far away from you guys, and you're like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm hanging out with my favorite person. <laughs> just me, myself, and I. <laughs> Over here, just calming the voices in my brain <laughs> did you enjoy it i had a blast it was, was great for me from front to back it was it, <laughs> the last 20 seconds were a bastard and a half for you but <laughs> i was worried you were gonna hate it though because uh i like shit like that i'm a buddhist no i know you like <laughs> stuff like that but like you you are kind of a person who's like you like having your schedule and um, that part bugged the shit out of yeah, me. Yeah, I was like, we're gonna be out here for like two hours, and you're basically just stranded until the end of the float. No, so I, I was like, at some point, is he gonna be like, okay, I'm ready for this to be done? No, now. I got frustrated um, after the float and stuff because I didn't realize we were doing lunch. Like, I'm happy we did that, but I didn't bring my cigarettes to the house. I left them in a car at the drop-off point, and then like came back. And after the traumatic thing, I couldn't even smoke a cigarette. So <laughs> I had to hold it. Like, that part kind of got in yeah. my way of things. Because I was like, around now, I should be popping a beer and opening up the show. And... <laughs> it was crashed and burned anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so probably for the best. Um, no, I had a great day. If I know that I've got to write off two and a half hours, I can write off two and a half hours. Yeah, I guess that is yeah. fair. You didn't know it was going to be like a two-hour flow. I just didn't know it was going to be a four-hour engagement. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be as cold as it was. Yeah. Like, the whole time we were driving over there, I was wearing a sweater, and like it was like chilly, windy air. And I was had like, a beautiful hat on your head. Yeah, had a beautiful we'll hat get on there. my head. <laughs> and I was like, the whole drive over, I was like, that water is going to be so cold. Like, I'm going to no. regret this the second we get in. <laughs> yeah, my balls shrunk into one cavity in my lower part of my body, like, immediately. I was like, oh, my God. I'm glad I don't have that problem. I've got a baby dick. <laughs> it's all caught up in this mesh shorts that I'm wearing for the first time in 15 years. 
sexy speedo swim trunks. Exactly. Literally speedo sweat trunks. <laughs> um, but all right, you want to dive into it? Yeah, um, whenever you're ready, love. I'm, I'm trying to keep the energy as high as possible because I know we're about to talk about some serious shit. <laughs> so I'm going to let, and I'm probably going to have a bit of a cough today, but I'm going to let Brett tell his version first and then I'm going to... Yeah tell my side so we were floating and we'd hit in a couple of rough patches already i was pretty confident that we as a unit knew how to deal with them because you know none of us had fallen out of our rafts i knew it was cold uh so there i was one section that was like a nice little drop too that we all had to go through yeah i mean it was probably like a good like three or four feet yeah mm-hmm. drop that was fucking cold. I got splashed so aggressively when we did yeah. that. But that was fun. You know? like we all went fun. down the end of it, and we all made it out the other side laughing our asses off about how miserable that fucking water was. <laughs> and that happened a couple of times throughout the float. I kept hitting my ass on rocks at the bottom when we'd hit the shallow parts because I, I didn't know how to read the currents. And I was like, I should probably stay wide here and just you know have a nice slow float, but I like moving fast. So I got into the fast part, which was also the shallow part, and got ass raped by the fucking... <laughs> landmass that we live on top of and the guy hit good one time and i, I think like, it hit oh, me directly butt. in the butthole <laughs> at one point and i saw it coming and there was nothing i could do like lift it, your butt i was moving too quickly like i saw it when it was a foot and a half away and i was like this is going right up my ass and it did it, it slowed me down that's how hard it hit me in the butthole and i'm not a homosexual so i was very confused by the feelings i was receiving while i was getting dildoed by god <laughs> And then I stood up and I ran to the deeper part <laughs> and I dove back into that bastard. But um, anyway, so we're, we're, we're going down and we are at literally the last, I don't know, quarter mile of this trip, you know. You can um, see where we're getting out yeah, at. Yeah, we can see the beachhead where we're going to try to swing over to. And I see this massive rock. And again, I have dispatched myself from the fucking yacht club you guys joined. <laughs> So all of you guys are about to hit this big-ass rock. I'm way the fuck over here going, you're all going to die, which uh, Cassidy heard for sure because she was the first one to hit the rock, and then she somehow just wound up spitting in circles outside of the rapid. She got cut between two of the rocks because she was a little bit ahead of me, and there was just like a small gap, but it wasn't big enough for the float to go through. I saw that happen, and then I saw all of you guys kind of bunch up, and I was like, this is going to end in a piss-poor situation. Meanwhile... I'm one of the first ones, you know, into the little actuary at the end of our trip, um, which is now 50 fucking feet away from where we need to be. That's how long we made it. <laughs> like, we're 50 feet away from where we're ending when the disaster strikes. Um, so I see Kristen start to go down after I've already made it past the rapid. I see Kristen start to go down, get a little stuck, and then Paul, who was with us, more or less fell on top of her float. Kristen goes Feet, into, feet to Jesus. She's doing the opposite of what I'm doing with my butt in my life. <laughs> so she's just ankles up in the air. She completely disappears, pops right back up, no problem. Paul throws her fucking life raft. And then I realize Kristen is having a massive panic attack. So now I have to swim to her backwards upstream in the current in an inflatable raft. I don't swim. Not my shit. I don't do that shit because I almost got killed doing that shit when i was like 17 we've talked about it on a former show so i just think Kristen's spilled like you do when you're inner tubing you know on the back of a boat and they're trying to flip you i figure she'll be okay maybe it's a bit cold so swim over to the other side Kristen is not okay she's lost her hat i have one of her flip-flops <laughs> in my hand i talk her down and i perform a rescue operation to get her to the other side of the actuary <laughs> through the current 
I think it's hilarious. Um, right up until I'm sitting on my knees in the river water fucking trying to get you free, I thought that it was the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. I was laughing so goddamn hard, and then I found out that you thought you died. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. So that's my side of this story. I thought it was hilarious until it was suddenly not hilarious. Which is kind of how life goes, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think most things are hilarious. <laughs> if you would have rung your bell and you were ambulatory, I would have probably been making jokes at the hospital the second you woke up. They're like, ah, you're not dead, you dumb bitch. <laughs> it's like, don't do that. Why were you... Why, I, I screamed, it's going to kill you, and then it almost killed you. I don't know. Nobody listens to Brett Blue. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we had earlier uh, in the float all kind of banded together as a group, and I had forced... Except for moi. No, I had forced you to join our group, and then we hit the shallow rocks, and Brett was like, fuck your group. <laughs> I was like, fuck your union. I'm breaking apart and starting my own anarcho state and fucking ran away. <laughs> um... And uh, I think we all kind of drifted apart for a minute after we hit the shallows yeah. and then kind of banded back together again, minus Brett. Um, <laughs> Who was just I purposely doing circles in the slower part. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we got towards uh, these big rocks to the left and then kind of a drop off and yeah. like some rougher water. And we were like, yeah, we're probably going to need to separate at this point um, because where we need to land on the beach is right ahead and yeah. you're going to have to paddle aggressively against the current to get over there because the river kept going. <laughs> um, yeah, this is not where it stops. This was just a swell point where they've probably, you know, slowed the current by digging. You know, you can get to beachhead where people are also getting on with their rafts to continue through yeah. the city. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we did not disband the group early enough. Yeah. And the water was moving fairly fast at that point, so I was trying to paddle backwards to get away from the rocks with very little effect. Yeah. Um, we all bottlenecked where the rocks were, and um, yeah, Cassidy, I think, got caught where these two rocks kind of like had yeah. a little bit of an opening. That's where I started laughing because she got <coughs> caught in every swell point throughout the entire thing. And she would just be sitting there doing circles while everybody floated past her. She'd be like a mile back, like, you should pull off and wait for her. Um, and unfortunately, the way we were positioned, I started to go over the drop off before Paul did um, uh, as a wave was coming up. Yeah. So I got hit with a wave and also Paul's raft at the same mm -hmm. time, which immediately flipped my raft backwards. I went headfirst underwater, yeah. very surprised. Toes to Jesus. <laughs> Toes to Jesus. <laughs> uh, very surprised because I was not expecting that because we had been through some rougher spots yeah. and the raft had been pretty steady. So I think if uh, it hadn't just been for the way it had worked out, I would have been fine. But as I was going backwards, I took in a big, very shocked breath of air. Yeah, because the water's fucking freezing. And uh, swallowed, well, not swallowed, breathed in a very large amount of water. Mm -hmm. And um, since I went down head first, like, everything was just kind of dark for a second, and I, I couldn't figure out which end was up. Yeah. And um, I... It was deep enough I couldn't find the bottom, and... Uh, it was probably a good, like, seven, eight feet. Yeah, yeah. and... Um, of river water in the middle of a current so it's kicking up all <laughs> <Yeah>. the mud <laughs> it was a pretty steady current so yeah it was just all very dark for a second mm -hmm. um and then whenever i kind of i guess righted myself i wasn't entirely sure if i was going the right direction the water itself is relatively clearish near mm -hmm. the top so there was just sunlight reflecting off of everything so all i saw was a lot of light and yeah. i was like 
I'm going to swim this direction and hope this direction is okay. the surface because I have no idea if this is the surface. You don't surface. know if you're going straight up or if you're going at a 45-degree angle. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. if I was going sideways. I didn't know if I was going up. I didn't know if I was going down. I was just like, there's a lot of light, and I'm going to swim for that and hope mm. for the best. Um, and I was choking on the water I had taken in when I had gone under at the same time. So I was like, I don't have any air in my lungs. I was feeling like an intense burst of adrenaline, like aggressively trying to fight for some form of the surface. And um, as soon as I was also wearing a sweater, I guess I should say, um, because it was a very cold day. Um, And the sweater was now completely soaked in water, adding extra weight. So as soon as I broke the surface, um, I just felt like immediately like exhausted. Like my legs Mm -hmm. were like burning you had your and shitty shoes on that were not one of them fell kick. off already yeah. like i could feel it i was like kicking and that probably didn't help my cause i was like having such a burst of adrenaline i was kicking very aggressively i'd kicked one of my shoes off and the other one was wrapped around my ankle so i could just feel it flopping against my foot and i got to the surface and i was like immediately like completely out of energy yeah. and um realized i was not going to be able to maintain uh staying above the water for very long and I did not have my tube anymore. Mm-hmm. So um, Paul was closest to me, but I had drifted down the current. So he was a little bit away from me. And um, I was like feeling very panicked. So, um, and I, I, as soon as I broke the surface, I could hear like laughter. And I was yeah. like, okay, they don't realize. Like, it's I'm. It's just Brett's dumb laugh ringing. Is this your overcoming God? <laughs> what do I have to live for? <laughs> <laughs> I realized pretty immediately, yeah, they don't realize I'm, like, actually, like, in trouble. So I I looked at Paul, because he kind of had my raft near him, or my tube near him, and I was like, "Uh, find a way to express that you're in danger in the most effective way using the least amount of energy. So I was like, I can't swim. Yeah. And like, and he's I he's like, what kind of dumbass brings his wife who can't <laughs> swim to a fucking inner tube party? I immediately saw his face just go ghost white. And he was like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to kill Brett's wife. Like, Brett's probably going to lose his mind and kill everybody out here. <laughs> so he grabs the tube and like tries to throw it um, down the um, current towards me, but I'm having to fight against the current to get to it. And he didn't throw it quite far enough. So I was like swimming against the current and like, I could just feel like my legs were like, Nope, we're done. And I got a hold of it. Um, thankfully, but I, like, I was so tired. I was like, I can't pull myself up onto it. I basically just had one arm looped around it. And I was like, I like, if I don't get out of this water, I'm still going to be kind of in trouble. So I uh, started with one arm because the other one was holding the tube, trying to push myself towards the rocks. And I finally got over the rocks and like just sat down. Yeah. And um, yeah, Brett came backpedaling <laughs> towards me, carrying my shoe. I got your <laughs> shoe. Still thinking it's hilarious. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't get your hat. <laughs> I saw it, but it disappeared. <laughs> um, Beautiful hat, by the way. I really liked that hat. Um, but it had me thinking about, um... But you're okay now, right? Yeah, I am okay now. I, I joked yesterday, we talked about it yesterday, that I didn't think it was really gonna affect me, um, because you asked me if it was gonna change my art, and I was like, no, that's dumb. Well, but, at that um, point, I was kind of fucking with you, because <laughs> yesterday, this conversation was not this fun. It, it, I, I misread the room, uh, as they say, and thought Kristen, like, I got that she was scared, but I thought you were just tired from you know, the sun, I didn't realize that it had affected you at all. I thought, yeah. you know, you took a spell and 
you're gonna live to fight the good fight so <laughs> i got really sarcastic with you on the unreleased thing and i'm really sorry <laughs> about okay. that i should have made sure you were okay it's before okay. we started the show thank you oh for, i'm so sweet <laughs> thank you for sitting and waiting with me on the rocks even though you cut up your knee <laughs> <laughs> cut up my knee and it was very cold <laughs> it was very cold i was shivering <laughs> and then i had to dive back into it without my inner tube to drag you back because you were starting to go down the river again <laughs> so tired. I was like, it's really cold. Put that's your wife. And I dove head first back into the water. Dude doesn't swim. Okay. <laughs> I was so it's tired. kind of husband I am. I'll fucking fight for you your are wife. You the best husband. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it had me thinking because we've uh, watched some two stars that kind of sort of dabble talking about mental health issues and then kind of shit the bed at the end when it's the ghost or yeah, traumatic whatever, events you know? and shit like that. Yeah, and it's always kind of frustrating and like I think, for the most part, I never really thought about it any deeper than it's frustrating as someone who struggles with depression, and I'm sure for you, you know, as someone who uh, struggles with bipolar disorder, you know, it's frustrating to yeah. see these... People snap in a mall and go, I'm sorry, I'm bipolar, and it's like, no, you, you're an ass. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's kind of frustrating to see, like, various disorders, like, misrepresented, mm -hmm. um, and I don't think I've ever really thought about it beyond that. Um I think yesterday was kind of a... Because I... When we finally got out of the water, I was spent. Like, my... Can I ask you a question? Sure. Is this the first big, like, holy fuck, I could die at any minute since your car accident? Uh, yeah, and actually, ironically, I was going to bring that up. Oh, I'm <laughs> so sorry. I didn't mean to steal your fucking fire. No, you're fire. fine. That, I was actually Like, I'm familiar as well with the holy shit, I think I'm about to die. Like, it happened here in Montana when I thought that it was warm enough to go drive up a mountain and then almost slid into a fucking ravine, got I'm, saved by a guy with an ATV. And I'm sure, you know, while you were in the military and stuff too, you had a lot of moments where that adrenaline was yeah. running. I got shot at in the projects when I was doing my little security gig, cleaning my shotgun on the bed and then boom, and then I look over and I'm like, there's a dude with an AK-47. I take cover. He stops shooting at me figure out he's fired through my driver's side window it's gone through my passenger seat and into the door and if i'd been sitting in the truck instead of cleaning my gun he would have blown my fucking head off so yeah, <laughs> so, yeah and like i, I don't want to make this a bigger deal than it is i guess because there no definitely... it's a big deal i'm i'm trying to relate to you with the trauma yeah. i didn't mean to like backpedal no, and make no, it about fine. me you're big you're not okay <laughs> um i just like i i know in the grand scheme of things almost drowning for like a, a minute in the water isn't the worst thing that yeah. could happen to but someone. again it felt like to me you pop down and pop back up but to you it felt I, like a minute i felt yeah. like i was underwater for a very long time yeah. like and i i was like to me, it would have been like if you dove into cold water and came back up, like pushed <laughs> off the bottom and you were fine. But to you, it lasted. Like yeah, it, I was like legs thrashing, like arms thrashing. Like, I don't know if I'm even heading to the surface. And um, Like your car accident. It's over in like two seconds, but well, it feels like hours. Well, where it's different for me with the car accident, because I got in a really bad car accident um, shortly after I graduated high school. And... Or actually, no, I was still in high school. That's right, I was a senior. Um, Flipped the car, fucking yeah, all that like shit. Yeah, like I rolled it, it. Yeah, I rolled it down a pretty steep ravine. Um, and for me, like what happened yesterday kind of had me thinking about instead of just how certain movies misrepresent like mental health in general, like how they misrepresent how people actually process these traumatic yeah. events. So. Whenever I had my car accident in high school, 
it happened so fast and in that particular situation you're strapped to the thing that's kind of yeah yeah, tumbling out of control so you don't have any option except to just be a part of this experience and hope that it ends well so whenever i had my car accident it was like i'm just tumbling with the car and i'm very disoriented go as limp as possible (laughs) yeah not really aware of what's happening until it finally stops moving and by the time it stopped moving i was in such shock that i don't think i really um process pain at all yeah yeah yeah, I, i was cut in multiple places and bleeding and it didn't hurt like i didn't even know i was bleeding for a minute there and i've told that whole story about how i got out of the car and blood was running down my face and then you could hear somebody screaming and turned out it was me screaming um and that's a true story i'm not dramatizing that that actually happened but i was in such shock like i didn't process the fear or the pain or anything like that it was just like oh god like how do i get out of here you know it was kind of my thought and i was like in go mode, like find my cell phone, get help, like get out of this situation. Um, and it did, if I'm being honest, like have a longer term effect in the sense that I have like a lot of anxiety in cars when other people are driving. Mm-hmm. Weirdly. I have a lot of anxiety in cars when you're driving the car. So. <laughs> <laughs> my, my main move is stare at my feet or look out my window. I never look ahead. I don't want to know. I don't drive bad. I know, but I drive a stick. So like... When I brake, I push down the clutch. You can feel the vehicle. The yeah. And when you let off the gas in an automatic, you still feel the car pushing you forward. It's like, just stop doing that. Just disconnect the transmission like I would do with my clutch. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I weirdly, you'd think it'd be the opposite. I don't feel anxiety driving the car, even though I'm the one that got in the accident. I feel anxiety, particularly on curvy roads, because that's how I got in yeah. my crash. I was going... I've noticed it when I was going 15 miles an hour up mountain roads, like down the middle of the street. You've got plenty of room, and you're still white gripping the roll yeah, bar. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a lot of anxiety with curvy roads, especially if there's a drop-off. But honestly, curvy roads in general kind of bother me when I'm not driving because I can't feel... Like, I guess it's the same for you. Like, you don't feel me letting off the gas so you don't mm-hmm. feel the difference you don't know that i've stopped accelerating and like i don't feel like i'm in control of the vehicle so yeah. like i have anxiety with that and um it's never it's not like so severe i can't get in a car with someone else but it's never gotten any better it's never gotten any worse and i'm in my 30s i got in that accident when i was 18 and um <clears throat> doesn't matter you carry that i mean that imprints yeah. especially you know there might be head trauma that went along with that yeah. You know, even mild level, you know. I did cut my head. Um, but, like, with yesterday, like, and, like, I joked, like I said, like, I don't think this is really going to affect me or really bother me, but we came home and, like, I felt off. Like, I couldn't really, like, express, I guess, how I was feeling. And even today, I still feel a little off. But, like, with uh, what happened yesterday, like, I went under and... um Like I said, I took in a bunch of water when I went under, and, like, I knew uh, I had a very limited amount of time to get back to the surface and get air back in my body again, because I didn't have any air. And, um, there were, when you're in that situation and you're actually in control of the situation, you have, like, such an intense adrenaline rush, or at least for me anyway, there were a lot of thoughts rolling around in my head in very rapid succession, so I was like... Is that your first <laughs> time dealing with the flight-fight freeze? Ah, uh, 
to that level, yeah, for sure. I've been in situations before where I've been uncomfortable, but to the level that I was like, if I don't take action, I'm going to die. Because in my car accident, like I said, I didn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. It was like, hold on and hope for the best, you know, and it happened so fast that I didn't even really have time to register it. And I had like the And you the were actual... in no control. Yeah, I was There in was no nothing control. you could do. <clears throat> and yesterday I literally had to take control yeah. it was like you have to take responsibility for this moment or you are going to die well, follow, um, i don't want to disconnect I'm, I'm i'm relating to each part of it i'm trying to relate it to myself so i don't cry <laughs> so, <laughs> so let me know if i'm overstepping you okay um my military situation which we're never going to talk about ever on the show so don't ever fucking ask me about it on the show but uh following that i got so used to the fight side of it and mm -hmm. I liked that um, that until I met Kristen so maybe three years of my life I was purposely going to bars to start fights because once you piss off a dude and he hits you he might kill you and I, I became addicted to that Adrenaline. That adrenaline of I have control of the situation. It's like I will bottle you with a bottle. I'll kick you down a flight of fucking stairs. You're not knocking me out in this bar fight, you know? So I would, in a weird way, purposely get into them in pool halls. Yeah. And then I met you, and I stopped going to the pool hall because of another situation that we've talked <laughs> about on the show where I was drugged by uh, a friend. Um but I stopped going over there and really calmed down because you gave me a lot of support that said that you don't need to fight everything that happens, you know, like that. There's a strength that comes from what you've been through and what I've been through. Um, and you can direct it in the right direction. You yeah. don't need to flail out and get into a bar fight, you know, <laughs> every fucking weekend just to prove that you're still alive. You know? I am. Um, I don't think I really addressed that with you yesterday, um, just because I was feeling so weird yesterday, but I am very grateful that you uh, came back and sat on the rocks with me because I was legitimately... Um, I knew by that point that shit had gone haywire. I was kind of scared to get back in the water, to be honest. And I, I, I took... could tell because I, <laughs> I kept going, do you want to get on the raft? And you're like, I don't want to get back on the raft. And I was like, oh, <laughs> we could either do that or we could walk to the city on this side of the riverbank. <laughs> um, and I took swimming lessons growing up, so I do yeah. actually know how to swim. So I, I think um, that shook me a bit more that I had this conception, which I've always said my whole life because I... Um, they started remodeling the pool whenever I was like learning how to like do proper like forms for diving and stuff like that. So I, I didn't learn some of the more advanced stuff and I don't think I ever got to the point where you had to learn how to rescue someone either. So, um, I've always joked around, like if I was drowning, I could save myself. If someone else was drowning, they're kind of screwed. Cause I was yeah. like, I don't know that I'm a strong enough swimmer for all that. Um, so to be put in a situation where I would have thought I would have had a little more, um, decorum and did not <laughs> well you know what's interesting in that and my mother was a brilliant swimmer like that was one of her dreams was to like swim the english channel she taught me and my brother how to swim and when i was a teenager i was you know hammered and hanging out with my hammered friends and rung my bell and fell into the pool and woke up in another dude's arms. <laughs> Thank you, Ralston, um, for saving my fucking life. <laughs> you 
you know, I, I've wrung my shit. And so I've been terrified of diving into the water. But the whole time growing up, my mom, very strong swimmer, um, taught me to keep an eye on my little brother. And if he did something stupid, and she made me practice it, you know, go over there. Ben's just floating. He's fine. But go over there, grab him by the arm, swim him back here. I didn't realize that that's what I did yesterday. Was I, I, mom's taught me the little rescue swim. I'm going to go do my little rescue swim. We are right. Okay. Hold on to me. I'll paddle us over here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I would have had the strength to make it back to the shore. Honestly, if it was you cold. Grabbed me, I was <laughs> like, I'm just done. Um, but what I was saying a minute ago, um, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm interrupting. Oh, I'm drinking fine. a lot really you're quickly. Um, and I figured this was going to be a bit of a downer podcast, mm-hmm. but I, I hope it... It's an upper. We solidified <laughs> a lot of our relationship yesterday. <laughs> um, I hope it comes back around to being relevant towards art. That's my yeah. goal in the end. Okay. But, um, well, we got all the time in the world. But. <laughs> um, but, like, the difference for me yesterday, that was the first time I've been put in a situation where I felt simultaneously very vulnerable and out of control and also, like... I had to take control, um, so I went yeah. head first underwater, took in a lot of water. Um, Krishna was like, and down you go, <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> um, and like I said, like, an immense burst of adrenaline, like, immediately went through me, because I realized, like, immediately, I don't have any air, and this is a very serious problem, and I'm choking, um, so while I was underwater, like, like I said, it was like just a rapid succession of thoughts, like... I don't know where the surface is, find the surface. And I was like aggressively trying to claw my way back to the surface. And I felt like I had been swimming for such a long time. And I was like, I don't even know if I'm going the right way. And um, like I said, I finally broke the surface and realized like nobody really realizes how much trouble I'm in. And I was feeling very panicked at the time. So that wasn't really helping because I do actually know how to tread water. And I did not kick into... But not in the undertow, which you were basically stuck in. Yeah, true. And I did not kick into that mindset of try to tread water. Or go limp and just float. (laughs) I was still um, just trying to like get to some form of safety. So I was still pretty aggressively like... Pushing back to the rock that you tipped off of. Um, Yeah, I was fighting the current to actually get to my tube, which was ahead Mm -hmm. of me, um, or I guess back behind me, technically. It was, I was having to fight the current to get to it. It threw you all different kinds of places. Um, So then I was having a lot of thoughts of try to get in air and don't waste your air, because if you go back under, you're not coming back up again. Um, Like, very acutely aware of how tired my legs were. Um, And then uh, a lot of very rapid thoughts about the fact that I wasn't going to get to see Brett again. Um, So I was kind of having this like mental pep talk of you better swim or else. (laughs) So um, yeah, when I got a hold of the raft, even then it was like just fucking swim, you know? Um, So weird feeling because I I realized um, from an outside perspective to everyone else, like no one else really like realized how serious it was to me. So um, I think that's the problem with a lot of trauma and the reason that people, you know, they, they do the, I'm tough. I'm not going to go see a therapist Yeah, is they worry too much about how other people, you know, Mm -hmm. see their pain and it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, every, there are levels to suffering, you know, like I don't have shit on a kid in Somalia, but Mm -hmm. like what the kid in Somalia is afraid of matters to him the way that shit that I'm afraid of matters to me. Yeah. And like, but there's definitely differences, but 
And I think what was weird for me yesterday, too, was that, um, like with my car accident, like I said, I just didn't really have time to really process how I was feeling. Yeah, you had and, no control over it. Yeah, and after it was over, I had already gone into shock, so I I was just kind of numb to the whole experience. And um, I've been through other experiences as a child that were um, definitely emotionally and mentally traumatic, but I had siblings growing up so those experiences were shared experiences and um brett's in there making a lot of noise (laughs) Uh, no you're kidding and um yesterday i wasn't physically alone in the situation but i realized in the immediacy of coming um back up to the surface that i was alone and realizing how much trouble I was in and how much stress my body was currently under. And even whenever I got to the rocks, um, you know, everybody else had floated towards where we were landing. So we were still in a current and the current was pushing them away. And Brett was having to fight the current to get back to me. Um, (laughs) So I I was alone on the rocks for a minute by myself. And after we finally got out of the water, like realizing how raw and vulnerable and exposed I felt and nobody else had felt those same feelings. Was so it like, like a sense of embarrassment or was it No, I just felt kind of alone. Like just I like you you'd been through something that nobody else in that group had been through. Yeah. That and like uh, you know, from everybody else's perspective it probably went very quickly and then it was over and it was like That's oh. why we were all laughing. We yeah. just thought that you ate shit be like if you tripped over your own shoes, but then later I found out you had a massive concussion from hitting the ground. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, from everybody else's perspective, it was just like, oh, it was over and done with very quickly. And, you know, cough up the water, you'll be fine. Keep an eye out for pneumonia, you know. And, like, from my perspective, I, it's the first time in my life, yeah, I think I've had to strongly grapple with the fact that if you don't do something, you're going to die. Yeah. And, um. Hello, God. (laughs) (laughs) I have struggled pretty much my entire life with depression and I have been in instances multiple times in my life where I did not want to be alive anymore but with those situations there's still a level of control because if you decide to take your own life you're in control of that decision yeah and uh even if your emotions in that moment are kind of erratic the actual physical acts that you're taking are your choices that you're making and in that instance it was like I don't want to die today and if I don't do something I'm going to Mm -hmm. and um yeah, I just felt very raw and vulnerable and exposed and, like, kind of alone in that moment because nobody else felt the way that I felt. How do you think that's going to affect your depression moving forward? Do you think that this was something of a wake-up call? Like, a, I've seen the other side of the curtain and it might have helped for the next six months? Or do you think uh, that it's something that will drive the depression? I don't, I don't think as someone who's... I've never been diagnosed, but I think it's a very safe to say that I am clinically depressed. I've never been diagnosed because I've avoided well, therapists. As a bipolar person <laughs> who's had many a therapist, I've received a clinical depression for my lowers. Yeah. Before they realized the mania, and they were like, "Oh shit, that's that's what this dude is." But no, you show all the signs and symptoms um, of somebody who is clinically depressed. Yeah. So I, as, you have your swings out, but you never hit mania, yeah. as we've discussed. Um, as someone who is clinically depressed, I don't think it's really going to affect my depression because I don't think that I have control over that anyway. Well, like I, I have little. I mean, can I reword it? Sure. Do you think that it? will help the suicidal 
aspect of the clinical depression. Like you're going to get the feelings, but now there's been a moment where you were like, I could have died. And in that moment, I didn't want to. So it might remind you of that. Oh, I mean, maybe if I'm ever in that. Yeah, because it's the worst situation for a depressed person. You were actually drowning as opposed to just feeling that you were drowning. Maybe if I'm um, ever in that aggressive of a downswing again, maybe, but I, I haven't been that bad in quite some time. I don't mm-hmm. think I've been that bad since uh, you and I moved in together, actually. Like, you are, in a lot of ways, weirdly a calming presence for me, too, even I'm, though... I'm very approachable for <laughs> as unapproachable as I am. I swear to God, I'm a sweetheart. I don't know, I don't see it, but a lot of people walk up to me at Walmart, schizophrenics <laughs> love me. Well, for <laughs> someone who openly admits to having, like, um you know, rage kind of as a regular, like, in their life. Like, yeah. I, I find... Um, something I cope with, I, I work on. Yeah. I haven't been in a fight since I met you. Yeah. I was probably in a fight the weekend before I met you. So. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't know. I, I find, like, the way that you and I can talk to each other and, like, the way that you and I can just be sad together sometimes. And, yeah. like, we're still kind of finding, like, the rhythm. Like, there are some days where I take you being sad a little too personally because I'm like, well, I don't make them happy or whatever, but... It's not a chemical imbalance. <laughs> this time it's about me. What's the jessel neck? <laughs> don't forget I'm about sad me. too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, for the most part, we found, like, a, I feel like a, a way that works for us yeah. where we kind of talk to each other and kind of just live in the moment when we're having a harder time. So I, I've not really had like any aggressive, unmanageable sadness since we moved in together. So I don't know for sure if that'll affect that because I haven't really had to deal with that in a couple of years. The suicide stuff? Yeah, like I, I've never been, or maybe not never, but I, I haven't really been sad to like the level of like I don't want to be alive anymore since we moved in together. I've definitely just been sad. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, but I, I, I did this morning because um, I, I am still kind of learning to process my emotions in a healthy way. I've not had a whole lot of healthy relationships, yeah. whether it was you know, friends or family or significant others Mm -hmm. or whatever. So, um, adult me is kind of learning to... Like, stunted and to still dealing with things emotionally at a lower level. Yeah, so, like, adult me is still learning, like, healthier ways to process emotions and communicate emotions and stuff like that, and I've gotten a lot better in the past few years, but, um, like, this morning, I was, like, having a whole moment where normally, uh, on Brett's first day that he gets to sleep in, since he didn't get to sleep in yesterday, like, I'll get out of bed and kind of go do stuff just because he sleeps in way later than I do because I've already had my day to sleep in at that point. Um, and this morning I was just kind of having a moment where I was like, I don't really, even though I'm not tired anymore and my shoulder kind of hurts, I don't really want to get out of bed. I just kind of want to live in this moment because... I said I had like a very raw, real aggressive, I'm never going to see you again moment. And I was like, I'm just going to kind of lay here with you and the dog and just sit in the dark. And yeah, just kind of lay here. Um, So that was kind of a bit of a like a moment this morning Mm -hmm. where I was like, ah, like maybe I should appreciate these things a bit more. (laughs) 
Um, You're like, oh, look at this fat snoring no, cunt. You were <laughs> I was like, look at the way he rolls over every 15 seconds to not die from mm. you know alcohol induced sleep apnea. Mm. <laughs> you were cute, but no, it was like a weird, like I'm a little too in my head moment <coughs> this morning where I was like, oh God. I think it's good. I could die at any moment. Yeah, I think it's good to remind yourself of that from time to time. It was, I will say, kind of a, like I feel like because we're at the top of the food chain. Um, we think we are, yeah. Yeah, we think we are. Um, <laughs> humans tend to think they're a little invincible, so we do these kind of reckless activities like skydiving and rock climbing. And like going all this tubing stuff. without a life jacket. Yeah, going tubing without a life jacket. So we do this stuff where we're like, we're bigger than nature. And, um, and nature says, fuck you, bitch. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm it, just water and I'm going to wreck your shit. It turns out we are as insignificant as the flies we swat like you can just be living your life and seconds later not be living your life it's gone (laughs) so um it was kind of a weird moment for me in that sense it was like oh that rapidly you could just not be (laughs) yeah and that combined with and i don't want to know if you want to talk about familial things in any specific detail uh but your sister was also in a car accident in this past week so it's you know exponentially more of a reminder of holy fuck it could happen at any second yeah and like i weirdly uh after we got home yesterday uh i don't like like i said i'm still learning to process my emotions in a healthy way so instead of being upset about the situation i was very upset about the fact that i had this black sun hat that i never wear anywhere except for like, I've worn it when I've worked on film sets, like, out in the sun, and when we went tubing. Like, other than that, I don't, I'm not really a hat person, yeah. but this is, like, my hat to keep my little red-headed pale ass, you know, protected yeah. from the sun. And you kind of had a premonition on the drive over there, where we were driving over there in an open-top Jeep. You were holding on to it, like, fucking, you know, <laughs> driving this daisy. Well, I think I should probably take this off. <laughs> yeah, you are like, it might get blown away. And I was like, no, nah, it'll be fine. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I've not worn that hat really all that many times but it is my hat that i wear when i'm out in the sun and little little ginger ass me needs to be safe um i was very upset afterwards that i had lost my hat um like in an irrational way like we got home and i was like searching on amazon for like replacement hats even though i didn't get it off amazon i found it in the store um and I, My emotional dog picks up on strong, you know, emotional <laughs> moments. Come here, buddy. Come lay down. Everybody's all right. Continue. He's like, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I can hear mom's heartbeat. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. Within a few hours of this incident, I was like, I need to replace my hat. Like, I'm upset that I lost yeah. my hat because I think there was a piece of me that felt weirdly like I had lost something. It wasn't literally about the hat. Like, I, I felt like something had been taken away from me, and I was like, if I like buy... Like your security and yeah. owning a hat. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, if I buy a replacement hat, I'm kind of reclaiming this situation. Yeah. So even whenever I went out today to return some stuff that I had bought that we didn't end up needing, um, I went to look at the hats, because I was like, <laughs> I feel like I need to replace this hat so I can kind of reclaim possession of this moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in a weird way, like losing my hat was my literal interpretation of yeah. Kristen feeling like she lost something. <laughs> so that was kind of weird. And like I, I got up 
and got in the shower this morning and I still had dirt trapped under my toenails from um, going like through fight- the sandbar. Yeah, yeah, like fighting against the rocks and stuff like that. And like I was like scrubbing my toes because it bothered me that there was dirt in mm-hmm. my toenails from yesterday. So yeah, it's weird the things that bother you. And um, I guess kind of. It's going- not weird. I think that's very normal. <clears throat> not to downplay, you know, like the experience trigger warnings um, of, you know, like rape victims. If there's something that's damaged in the you know, outside of the literal sense, um, but a possession, you know, a mm. necklace or something like that that's broken, there's a tendency to replace that because it's a sense of normalcy from before the incident. Yeah. So if you've lost your hat and you've lived through this traumatic situation, it's completely normal for you to want another hat. Yeah. And like I I've been robbed. I've <laughs> been mugged and it's like, fuck, I really like that black wallet. Let me go see if I can find that exact same black yeah, wallet. And, yeah, and that's literally what I was trying to do. I kept looking at hats on Amazon and none of them were the same hat because I didn't get my hat from Amazon and I was just so frustrated by it. I was like, I want my hat back, yeah. you know? So, uh, yeah, and I realized this morning when I was in the shower and I got upset about my toes that I was like, I am upset about this and it has nothing to do with the hat. <laughs> like, I yeah. could just buy another hat. Um, and I rarely wore that hat anyway. But, yeah, I uh, I don't know. And it had me thinking about, like I said, like um, movies and stuff that kind of ris- misrepresent this stuff because it's, it's frustrating to watch a movie where you're like, this is raw and this is real yeah. and then oh this is a ghost story you yeah, know here like we go cloverfield lane <laughs> like yeah. you hate it because there are aliens at the end instead and... of just a paranoid man yeah you know, or a real world situation that would justify him being down there fuck aliens <laughs> come up and show me that it's under soviet control fucking <laughs> yeah. hereditary like as much as i really liked that movie bothered me at the end because it was like a cult thing and it was like why can this not just be about the mother losing her shit yeah Yeah. and like even if we had the weird stuff like the husband or whoever it was just suddenly bursting into flames like maybe that's just her losing grip with reality like why is it a cult thing she set him on fire you know fucking lean into it yeah because i like it seemed like such a minor event and i'm sure like in another week from now i'll be like that is kind of silly that i was that upset no it won't be silly i hope it's never silly i hope it reminds you that it's temporary yeah but like i'm sorry that it happened to you but i'm happy that it happened to you in a weird sense of the way (laughs) but like yeah like from an outside perspective it seemed so short and to me it just seemed to drag on and on and on and Mm -hmm. like i i felt so exhausted by the end of it and like yeah, just, like, emotionally, like, insecure and, like, in just a weird place where just a few minutes ago we had been having fun and joking around and stuff. So it's frustrating to see um, people that don't get that depth of, I guess, being shaken in that way, like, trying to represent it mm-hmm. as the boogeyman in the closet, you know? Like, I... I think it's why I have a lot of really close friends is I try to only make friends with people who've been through some serious shit. Like my closest friends outside of the degenerates, uh, we 
it's mainly that's drug abuse and fucking fist fights that brought us together. <laughs> but, um, my friends outside of that immediate circle are, you know, rape survivors or drug addicts who've been reformed or drug addicts in the throes or people that were raised by alcoholics or, you know, warrants of the state, you know, like those kind of people. I, I, I have no respect for a person who hasn't been challenged yet. I carried my father's corpse to his hearse. I, I have a lot of problems when I'm watching a film and somebody's dad dies and then they just, you know, smash cut to he's having a great time at an ice cream parlor. It's like, no, that fucked me up for two years and it still fucks me up once a week. <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with individual people who haven't been through, like... I just don't think I respect them as much. Yeah. You know. I think for me, um... So like, well, this is what you need to do. And it's like, motherfucker, you don't know what you... You don't even know what... We're playing two different games. <laughs> I think for me, for the most part, not every time, but for the most part, stuff like that has been particularly humbling. Um, mm -hmm. I, I feel like it's ideally made me a more empathetic person. I have a problem with people who haven't been through stuff trying to relate on that level, and yeah. they clearly don't get it. Like it's I a thing it. that my dad used to say a lot that, and I'm sorry, I brought him up twice, you know, mm -hmm. my two points, both of which I cut you off on. I'm You're working fine. on it, I promise, but I'm also drinking and this is emotional and I'm not good with it's my emotions. It's just a rambly podcast anyway. Uh, I think it's going really well. <laughs> but um, my dad would always say, and it used to drive me and my mom up the fucking wall, was he goes, you can respect it, but you can never understand it. My father was a special forces um, flight engineer for the Air Force, so they went into like Bosnia, Kosovo, Somalia, Iraq, places like that, doing missions that we can't read about. And he would be getting shot at from a hospital, and then they'd have to light up the fucking hospital and go, well, we killed five militants and 60 people with cancer. Yeah. And he would come home, and my mom would be like, no, Chad, I understand what you're going through. And he goes, you can respect what I'm going through, but you can't understand it. I think to some level that is true, though. Like, yeah, I but think... it used to bug me, because to me it felt like Dad just doesn't want to talk about yeah. it, or he doesn't understand that I'm trying to understand. Yeah. And now that I've been through some shit, nothing on that level. Um, I get where he was. Well, I, I get what he was trying to say, even if it's kind of an arrogant way of saying it. It is a know? little bit arrogant to say it that way, but I, I think it is true to some extent because I think even if, like yesterday, you and I had both been in a tube side by side, both gone down, both had the exact same experience, we're just different people, so the experience would have meant something different to you than it would have meant to me, and even if you've been... I might have come up and been like, Fuck yeah, let's go again! <laughs> I um, almost died! Let's keep doing that till it happens! <laughs> so yeah, even if you can, to some extent, empathize with the experience, like, I think everybody does cope with stuff differently, so that is, I guess, true. And I was weirdly, I think, kind of since I was feeling so off yesterday anyway, and again, still trying to learn how to healthily process my emotions. I think I was a little upset with you yesterday that you were trying to make jokes about it, and that is kind of how you yeah. cope with um, stuff. And, like, I had a whole moment when I was laying in bed this morning um, just kind of thinking while you were still sleeping where I was like, you know, um, I'm the kind of person on an emotional level when I'm dealing with some shit where I want to talk about it and I want to process it and kind of want to have my feeling, my feelings, my feelings validated. Um, <laughs> one and a quarter. 
<laughs> you're getting you're getting closer. <laughs> um, beers. Um, No, I kind of want to have my feelings validated. So when you were kind of joking and kind of being like, oh, you weren't going to drown, like I felt like. Yeah, it was like there's six people there, you know, like three of us have medical, like, emergency experience. Yeah, so I I think I felt kind of in that moment, like, how traumatic it was for me wasn't valid to you when the truth is you're just kind of a person who, like, I almost watched you drown and it scared the fuck out of me once I realized that I was laughing and it was not a laughing matter. Well, I think even in, like, kind of... So I was very much there. I just... Yeah. I, I, I think even kind of in the heat of a moment, like you said, yesterday you were making jokes as your dad was dying. Like, you're kind of a yeah, person who I made uses... a joke to the hospice worker that when she came back, I was just going to string him up like a mandolin from the fucking ceiling. <laughs> you're a person who kind of uses humor in a way to cope so like when i was laying in bed this morning i was like booby trap the doors that he'd swing (laughs) through like one of those zombie things on you know halloween Mm -hmm. i was like i'm gonna throw my dad's corpse at you and she was not laughing but ben was giggling his ass off and 30 minutes later dad was dead and then when she came back to declare that he was dead I was like, I promise he's not going to come flying down from the ceiling. I was just fucking with you earlier. (laughs) That's how I cope. Yeah, and so you're, I mean, that's kind of how you are. You're not, I think, when you're dealing with stuff, someone you're not someone who likes to talk about it because then it just makes it harder for you. You're someone who just likes to joke about it. Well, I'm trying to process it internally, and I do talk to you about my feelings, you know. But, like, I think in the moment when you're still trying to process it, you're not someone who likes to be like, let's hash this out right <laughs> no, now. No, <laughs> let's, let's go home and have a couple of beers and stare off yeah. into the distance. <laughs> I was thinking uh, this morning, which is kind of a weird, it has nothing to do with anything traumatic, um, about the popcorn. Um, I made, like, a passing comment to Brat, I guess, like, a week or so yeah. back that... Uh, because, you know, with COVID going on, we don't get to go anywhere or do anything unless it's, like, outdoors stuff like what we did yeah. yesterday. Can't truly have a movie theater experience yeah. because no great films have been made as of late that we can't find better ones on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> so I made a comment about the fact that I missed, like, movie theater popcorn. I was mm-hmm. like, I haven't had good movie theater popcorn in a while. And Brett, um, like, went and bought some popcorn and brought it home and... There was like a day where you went grocery shopping and bought me some organic blueberries because I've been putting blueberries in my water. Bought you the world's biggest organic (laughs) cucumber. You were like, go find me a cucumber. And I found one that was like three and a half feet long. And I just, I didn't say shit. I just put it in the refrigerator and I said, she'll find that tomorrow. I'll be at work. That'll be hilarious. That was pretty funny. that this morning while I was lying in bed like trying to like snuggle you because I was like oh, I almost died yesterday I just want to cuddle and I was like you know Brett's the kind of person that won't sit around and like talk about it but he's like I'll go get you the thing that you need or take care of the thing that you need yeah. so I still I owe like, you $300 <laughs> in movie making equipment and I'm standing by it I appreciate that about you though like and I'm learning I think to kind of acknowledge that and Maybe that will come out in my art that we all um, go through these experiences and deal with these experiences differently and how important it is to kind of represent, like, actually dealing with these experiences and how, as individuals, we kind of cope with them. And, I don't know, it was a weirdly comforting thing to me this morning that there was a box of popcorn in the kitchen because I was like, oh, Brett did that for me because I wanted popcorn. (laughs) No, 
I think it's very important that we talk about our experiences. Like I've got something of a reputation amongst people that haven't spoken to me since high school. Um, <laughs> that was a that was a funny. Um, <laughs> as a violent, insecure dickhead, and I completely own up to it. I am a violent, insecure dickhead. Um, but I'm learning. Like I'm not treading water, if we will. Uh, no pun intended. All of the puns intended. <laughs> I'm drinking. Um, I know that that lives there, and it, it needs to go away. I think it's hilarious that you view yourself that way, because almost everyone that I know that knows you currently is like, oh, Brett's the nicest guy. It's because there's a bar fight right underneath my skin. It's one <laughs> wrong sentence, and I'll rearrange your head. It's about to be a fucking problem, and I internalize a lot of that and turn it into humor. So I, I make really inappropriate jokes. I see my wife go over the rapids toes to jesus and i <laughs> giggle my ass off even while people that are closer have realized that this is a problem you were floating around red-faced with the fucking a, a big halo around you a big black you know fucking halo thing because you couldn't get back into the inner tube you were just holding on to the base of it and the roof of it was over your head yeah I was and i was still laughing at you and then i was like oh she's in trouble yeah. <laughs> she's currently trying to die no, after we got uh, back to their house, though, you were like... I was like, give me your tube. I'm walking your tube and my tube up the mountain. That was very sweet of you. You wouldn't give it back to me. <laughs> no, but no, after we got back to the house, you were like, you couldn't even be vegetative for a minute. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it was like the best outcome would have been you were Terry Shivo. <laughs> I was like, have a mute wife from now on. It's like, I don't need to listen to any of her dumb opinions. That'd be awful hard to podcast by yourself, though. Uh, thank you very much, because you've tried that once before, and it didn't go well. So I think I am the better no, half of this show. You are the better half of this show. You're the better half of my entire life. I love you more than I've ever loved anything, and I'm really fucking trying to process what happened yesterday. But you deal with it, and a, can we sit in silence for two hours and just mainly cry? And I look at it like, can we make like five jokes making fun of each other and then, you know, when burn we our faces to... with wings? <laughs> yeah, and like figure it out, you know? I... Do you think, because um, we do kind of deal with stuff differently, do you think whenever you've been through like bigger um, stuff that's kind of rattled you a bit more, do you think it changed your work at all or how you. I think it's the reason why I, I write the way that I do. You know, we kind of hit on that before we turned on the microphone. But, yeah, you explained the Madman Diaries to me in a way that I hadn't heard, which is I don't write traditional horror. I write reactions to horror, mm -hmm. which I I guess I knew, but I didn't know. <laughs> like, I'm not over here writing a story. I've written a couple, I'm not going to lie, like The Mirror or whatever. Um, where a guy beats a chick's head into a wall full of shattered glass. Like, but then I've, there's I've, more of the story after that. You get her perspective afterwards. Yeah. And it, it's one of the weird things that I've heard. Um, I don't want to shamelessly plug my own fucking book, but Ashes to Ashes is about a woman who has miscarried her child. Um, I get good reactions from women 
yeah. oddly, more than men, because uh, I write with a lot of female characters because I'm much more comfortable attaching myself to the emotions of a woman. Oh, Happy Birthday was from a guy's perspective, and, like, that's... I, like, I, I told you when I read I write your... reactions, that's all I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, yeah. But I, I told you whenever I read your book, it made me cry, and I, I think even though the dolls or Happy Birthday or, you know, any of the films that I've made... Yeah, haven't if you want really... to see how I cope with emotions poorly at 25, you can buy the Madman Diaries at Amazon or Barnes & Noble <laughs> or, you know, send me $10 somehow, I'll send you the book. You can cost me $12 to get it to you. You can email us at nightmareboxproductions at mm-hmm. gmail. Um, but, yeah, um, I, I think the book itself made me cry because I hadn't really read, I think these really like dark heavy topics kind of from that perspective and then with the dolls or happy birthday or any of the movies we've done like I, I may not be wholly satisfied with how the movie turned out just on my end like I wish maybe I had made different choices but I, I think in the end they are still kind of powerful um, pieces because you know with the dolls it's a lot of really traumatic stuff and then you kind of still get the weight in the end of this character that's still living with this event and I think it's important to acknowledge that when people go through stuff it doesn't just stop after the thing is over like with my car accident like I said that was when I was 18 and I still feel anxiety from that and people who go through much worse things carry that with them the rest of their life and you know with happy, happy birthday it's literally just about someone in the immediate aftermath trying to cope with this really tragic thing and doing irrational shit yeah yeah and i like that about your art because it is a very human concept that we as people like can be so rattled by these things that happen to us and like that's a well it's the quote on the back of the book horror happens in an instant mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't, like I, there were stories in that. That's book. why I like Hereditary's, fucking, what is going to be studied for decades. That scene with the fucking street pole, like that is. To and the me, fact that the brother leaves the dead body. Yeah, in the that car. whole sequence is, to me, going to be studied forever. Like yeah. I think that's my No Country for Old Men gas station scene for horror moving forward is leaving the body in the car the mother discovering it with maggots growing out of the neck like horror happens in an instant it's visceral i've scraped a friend off of the pavement i found his thumb underneath the fender of his motorcycle like i i've carried my dad's corpse the things that were truly traumatic look like a blip on the radar for everybody else and they kept asking uh why can't you get over it yeah and it's no greater or no lesser than what you went through in what to me appeared to be a 20 second interlude but it's affected the past 48 hours and maybe the rest of your life and that's okay i i think it's a testament to, I think, when you, I guess, kind of connect with your experiences and make them meaningful, like, good or bad, like, if you're an artist and you can kind of represent what those things really meant to you, like, I, 
like whenever I was reading your book, like connected with stories that had nothing to do with experiences I had been through, just because they felt so personal, almost like you were reading someone's diary and kind That's of. That's the point of the. <laughs> the book makes sense to me, but I feel like it makes sense to me and me only. <laughs> it makes sense to me. Um, but yeah, like so after... My, it's like a Linkin Park EP. It's like, you know, the, <laughs> that one connected. The other fucking 14 were balls. <laughs> True. But yeah, like whenever I wrecked my car, when I got out of the car, I was in such shock that like the most rational thing to me was not walk to the nearest house and ask for help. It was dig around in my car with broken glass trying to find my cell phone yeah. in hopes that it hadn't flown out the window. And the paramedics see it every day so they don't understand what you're going through on a visceral level. No. The cops see it every day. And the cop they did not give a not shit. sympathetic at all. Well, that <laughs> might be why, you know, you're married to a former police officer <laughs> and security guy. Like, I... I don't process it well in the immediate, even when it happens to me. Like, But everybody else in the situation normalizes a car accident mm -hmm. because the paramedics, you're not the first car accident they've They're been to. They're just there doing their job. They're just there. <laughs> you know, like, I work in an animal control shelter. People are very upset that they've lost their pet, but I get so many of those phone calls, uh, it's very difficult to connect on a human-to-human -human level. So to them, I'm just another, you know, as the woke people say, uh, non-player character in the game, you know. <laughs> but I think it's important when you're doing your art to, like, recognize... Like, that deeper level. Like, I feel like a lot of scary movies and stuff are just kind of about the immediate scare to the audience. And, like, any... Yeah, they want to jump scare you. Yeah. And that's why I hate the jump scare. Any scary movie I've seen that's been, like, memorable, that's kind of hung with me. Like, you you get to know the characters and yeah. you kind of feel the experience from the character's perspective. And Jack Torrance in The Shining, you feel him go insane. Yeah. And that's not to say that someone who's never been anything or been through anything that traumatic can't possibly do that kind of work. But I think if you're going to try to do that kind of work, then <laughs> um, at least talk to people who have been through it and try to understand yeah. that perspective because it's kind of honestly deeply insulting to make a joke of it. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's my spiel for the day. <laughs> you have anything else? What do we got on the list? <laughs> I'm um, having a lot of fun right now. I'm also <laughs> feeling my beers. Yeah, I'm a little buzzy, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, that was kind of all I had written down. Like, I, I just, um, it's been a rough two days and, like, kind of, like, it's been a rough acknowledging, life. yeah, that's true, <laughs> kind of acknowledging that those things actually affect you and I don't know that it's going to dramatically change the way that I shoot movies, but I hope, if nothing else, it's given me a different perspective to kind of on character and yeah like mm -hmm. i i don't write so i don't write these characters but learning how to film a movie in a way that conveys what the actual person is going through and like put the audience literally in their shoes so that you can sympathize with whatever's happening like on a deeper level i think to me is like the most effective art and yeah I don't think I've quite found how to do that yet, but you learn something in that twenty seconds. I thought I was gonna die. I really did. 
But are you okay? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I'm still feeling a little... Eh, rattled but, yeah i think i'll i'll be fine i feel better today than i did yesterday but yeah i that's like i said the first time where i've been in that situation and like had that like immediate realization of um you're not going to get help and you better figure this out <laughs> so that was kind of scary <laughs> i think it's a good thing to remind ourselves of so proud of you for being able to talk about it today um, for being this vulnerable I view this podcast uh, largely as a journal that's why I like doing it so much and I get upset when it doesn't work out um, and I'm really happy that you told that story so. <laughs> I'm glad you were there. (laughs) I'm glad I was there, too. I'm sorry that you had to come up to my dumbass laugh in the middle of your traumatic experience. Oh, you weren't the only one laughing. I don't think anybody... Like, I mean, like you said, I came up very quickly. Yeah, Paul was the only one who knew, holy fuck, we're we're in a problem. (laughs) (laughs) He was a good, you know, 15 fucking yards away from the the rest of us. The only reason he realized it was a problem was because I told him I couldn't swim. (laughs) Because I was like, that's the most effective way to translate this situation. (laughs) (laughs) But if you guys are going through something, I swear to Christ, we, we, we do it every day, you know. Not as individuals, we don't go through trauma every day, but we're, we're dealing with trauma, and I think that there's a problem with people not being okay with talking about it. As you said in the film, uh, we want to keep a certain level of distance that makes us feel safe, but that's not being true to the traumatic situation that you've been through. You need to... To the human experience as a whole? Yeah. If you've been shot at, you know, if you've been drowned if you've been in a crazy fucking car accident if you've been drugged as and i god damn it i wish i thought to grab the quote but as anne lamont says you own your experience do with that what you will but i think that's a good not to end the fucking shoestrings i don't <laughs> i don't have any metaphors um you guys may be um shocked and awed to know that our next episode the one that's going to release on two star tuesday uh we're tearing down legends so if you want to watch it again right now i really liked it as a child i am a little disappointed our next episode is going to be on 1997's anaconda technically a two-star tuesday you can send us an email to let us tell us your stories i swear to christ if you start emailing me i'll we'll i will we will (laughs) read your emails um on the show we'll use them as discussion topics if we you know have enough input from enough people or if you don't want us to read them and you just want to reach out we'll email you back exactly and you can do that at nightmareboxproductions at gmail same thing goes for our facebook at facebook.com slash nightmareboxproductions and i promise new things are coming to our twitter at 
<laughs> at Nightmare Box Pro. And if we thought to take any pictures in any way of our dramatic float trip, those would have shown up at uh, Instagram. Yeah, we at... did not, but that's uh, at Nightmare Box Productions. <laughs> <laughs> or you can swing on over to the website. The nightmareboxblog um, Where you can see the pictures, uh, you can read the scripts, you can see the films, you can read a couple of stories that I really, really, really need to update, but bear with me, I'm working my dick off out here. <laughs> um, do we have anything else? Kristen.com. No. <laughs> YouTube.com slash Kristen Bloom, where you can see Kristen's earlier works, or YouTube.com slash... Productions. Where you can see Happy Birthday, you like, can see the dolls, you can see Brainstorm. Brainstorm's at like I think thirteen or fourteen hundred now. I'm so proud. People fucking love like, it. You guys are awesome. Yeah, keep sharing it with your friends. Share it with your family. You know, share it with uh, anyone that needs to be traumatized. Anybody that needs to be traumatized. Share it with your writer friends, your filmmaker friends. I think there's something to the film that we haven't quite tapped into yet, but it's because I'm now good at emotions. Do we have anything else, love? I think that's all of them. That's all of them. You ready to watch Spaghetti Get Drunk and watch Anaconda? Yeah. I'm going to flail my Anaconda against your right cheek. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I love you, sweetheart. I love you. And I love you guys. And we'll talk to you on... Tuesday. Yeah. All about snakes. Get off my motherfucking plane, you snakes. <laughs> and if you think I'm not coming at you with some anaconda facts, you got me fucked up, son. Dun 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 dun. <laughs>